You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, podcast listeners. Thanks so much, as always, and thank you from our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Dedicated solely to uh, making sure you're not going to get screwed by the insurance companies. That's right. Now, they may not use that language, but I did. They'll document any actions of bad faith by the insurer, and uh, they'll protect your rights and hold the insurance company accountable. That's a good thing. They're not Morgan & Morgan. they got offices throughout the state of Florida. If you file a claim and you don't get back what you think you should, it's not over there. Call the Morgan Law Group. They'll go out and fight for you. Storms, hurricanes, roof damage, lightning, mold, fires, boats, sinkholes, you name it. Give a call today, 888-904-2524, or go to policyadvocate.com. On with Seminole Headlines. It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Chauffel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio begins right freaking now. All right, all right. There's Corey, there's Ira. My boys are here from Warchant.com. This hour brought to you by our good friends at Registers Meats. They'll get you some sausage, baby. Got to. Times like this, comfort food, it's necessary. We're struggling. This is a very different version of Seminole Headlines today than it was last week. We'll cope (laughs) together. Come on in here over some sausage, register meat sausage, and we'll just chill out and talk a little bit about the massacre we saw up at Louisville. Hell, that Corey was present for. My God, sir, have you recovered yet from the drive, from the from the annihilation? From yeah, I, I heard you were a little chilly. I mean, good Christ, that no, was all awful, and, and there was no there was no register sausage to comfort me either. Which I didn't even have that. Ira, I don't know if you got to eat any this week. Uh, I don't even ask Jeff, but I know you well, eat a lot. And uh, I didn't mean I don't, I, I, that sounded like a shot. I, I know do. you eat a lot of sausage. Like, and, I, I, I mean, are we, we like, are we, is this shot breaking news? Well, no. A, so I didn't, I'm, I'm, any, I didn't know if you ate any comfort sausage because I don't have any up here right now in Atlanta. So I didn't get any. Well, there's no there's there's no victory sausage to be had this week for sure. No. Uh, but but uh, you uh, actually Ben, the sausage guy, told me he's got some awesome andouille that he wants us to try out. Oh. So uh, this weekend when you're in town, my man, he said it's uh he texted and, and did three fire emo- emojis. Ooh, okay. Oh he's, wow. He Daddy says, loves andouille. He says I like the, andouille. He says it's the best thing they make. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll check it out this we'll weekend. But it'll be a little bi week sausage because. Because there's certainly no victory sausage. I love a good bye week sausage. I'll tell you what. Uh, it, no pressure. It, it was just good times, relaxing, taking your time. 
it just happens. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just, just one of those things. It's, it's, you don't have to plan it. It's not around the schedule. It's like it used to be. But <laughs> I'll tell you what. What's not like it used to be is Florida State's defense. <laughs> that, is, that is just a jambalaya of crap. I mean, it's unreal what I watch these days. And sometimes, you know, I would excuse some things away. But this time around, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know about you two, but this was the most disappointing performance of the year for me from the team. Uh, there were things that I expected to happen that would go south against Miami. I actually thought they performed better than I expected them to uh, against Notre Dame. Obviously, we were all shocked they beat North Carolina. And I even chalked up the Georgia Tech fiasco to first game, new staff, COVID, freaking rain delays, lightning delays, everything else. I could live with that. This was absolutely a bitter, bitter disappointment. Worst, worst game of the year for me. Yeah, agreed. I, I thought it was a catastrophe. The defense, the defense, it was a catastrophe. The offense, without Tamari and Terry, <laughs> the offense was terrible. But without Tamari and Terry, that receiver group was, I don't even know how you'd describe it, Ira. There's a lot of adjectives I can think of, but I'm not going to use go, them. Let's just say they were poor. Subpar. Yeah, poor, <laughs> subpar, substandard. So without Tamari and Terry and without a healthy Jordan Travis, not a lot of playmakers on that offense. So... The offense was what it was, and they still, I mean, they still, they got down to the one-inch line and didn't score, and uh, Keyshawn Helton drops a touchdown. I mean, they should they still should have had mid-20s. But that defense, like literally, if you would have taken Buford High School from up here and played a half of football against Louisville, how many yards would you expect Louisville to get against Buford High School? Or Childs High School? Or Lincoln High School? <laughs> Not more than 410, right? In a maybe, half? maybe. Maybe they would have a hard they, time. They'd have a hard time tackling anybody, Corey. They got the map. If you think about it, they got they had the ball five times in the first half. They scored four touchdowns and got to the one inch line. They they could they maximize out of 411 possible yards they could have gained on offense in the first half. They got 410. That's disgusting. I'm mad all over again. I just I I can't get I can't stop getting mad thinking about it. A little bit of hyperbole, though, because they might have gotten more possessions because they would have scored even quicker against the high school football team, Corey. But I mean, your point is well have, taken. They had 18 plays for 370 yards. Your, your point is taken. Um, yeah, man. Uh, what's weird about it is Buford you know, actually has some playmakers, Ira. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what is weird about it is the defense did, you know, we, we saw the first half against North Carolina. I mean, they, it's not like. You know, somebody asked me yesterday, like, do we just not have any players? I'm like, man, I don't know. I think there's some guys that can play. They just were all – I mean, it doesn't matter how much talent you have if you're as undisciplined as they are. I mean, they just crash on everything. They bite on everything. There's no – as Jimbo liked to talk about, eye discipline. Um, None. And, None. It's just, and no awareness of, you know, what the situations are. Like I heard Corey and uh, Aslan talking about on their show about, you know, it's you know second and 22 or 25 or whatever – and it's a play action fake, and everybody's just charging up like it's fourth and one. And it's second like, 24 goes for a 48 yard touchdown. I mean, and like you talked about the other play, I mean, there's third downs where there's guys getting behind the defense. I mean, it's just, dude, it's just crazy. So, I, that, so to me, like, that's not about scheme in the sense of Adam Fuller doesn't know what he's doing. It's just they have not figured out a way to get these kids to just do their freaking job. And that's what Emmett Rice talked about after the game. You know, 
guys just don't do their jobs. And at some point, you'd say play more guys or play younger guys. They played like forty guys, so I don't, I don't know what the answer is, man. I just they got a combination of problems. Those kids aren't listening and learning from Adam and his staff right now on that side of the ball, which is unsettling, obviously. But uh, the other part of the problem is they're not very talented. You know, I, I brought it up yesterday. You can really see that when they face some athletes, they're just not talented. They, they get run past. They don't. Uh, we have a lot of guys that occupy space. They don't really play football. They just kind of occupy space. Uh, it really is troubling. I, the problems are too many to name on that side of the ball. The, the guys that you thought would play, I thought the interior of the line played fine. At some point, if you guys are going to blow contain on the edges every time uh, you force a cutback, then you know I, I'm sure you get disinterested at some point. Um, but but also I would say that uh, you know I, I I don't know how many of those guys when things get bad really care to be out there, and it's. Um, I, I I don't know what you do. I well, still have do they, really do they not do they not care? Do they not know how to respond? I mean, because I think there's a difference. You know, I I, I, I don't think different. I don't think yeah I don't think Travis J doesn't care. I don't think Jarvis Brownlee doesn't seem like a guy that doesn't care. I don't think I mean I'm right. Certainly, Mark Gaynor doesn't seem like a guy that doesn't care. Um, it's just I think they don't know how to respond, and so they when things are going poorly, they just do whatever they want. You know, they just completely abandon their jobs. And I'm not saying those specific guys. I'm just saying in general, um, I know there's not a lot of special guys on the defense, but you don't have to be special athletically to play solid defense. Well, and I, I was going to bring it up. Wake Forest this week. I don't know if y'all, uh, I don't know if you bet on the game, Jeff. So you yeah, might've paid attention to Virginia it. Tech, yes. And they held them to what? 20 points or 17 points. 17. Yeah. What would that Virginia tech offense do to Florida state? I bet they'd score more than 17, and I can guarantee you Florida State has more talent on its defense than Wake Forest does. Wake Forest had a walk-on safety pick off three passes. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? He was a walk-on at Wake, and he picks off three passes in a game. Florida State hasn't had a safety pick off three passes in a practice probably in five or six years, and they haven't had a guy pick off – they don't have guys that make plays. Meanwhile, a Wake kid – who isn't even on scholarship, has three interceptions. So it's not just talent, and I don't think you were saying it was. No. They don't have they don't have the requisite talent to overcome their other deficiencies. But they have enough talent to be competent, and they are incompetent, and that's what's so troubling. But it is only, only – it's halfway through the season, and it was a weird season. But what's troubling is they were even worse against Louisville than they were, they were against Miami. And they were god-awful against Miami. At least well, they, Miami. I mean, Miami scores on teams. Didn't score they, that much on Virginia this past weekend. Well, hey, I guess Virginia's – bring that team down. Bring that bring that loaded now, unit it, down. It, it, is a, it is a weird year. I'm not going to say that we won't see some really disparate results and strange results and things that make you scratch your head any given weekend. Uh, and it's especially difficult on first-year staffs. So I, I do think that is true. I just don't like that they don't look like they're getting any better at all on right. that side of the ball. That That's the more troubling aspect. I'm willing to give you a lot of leeway given the uh, the oddity of what the season represents. Um, a lot of leeway, actually. I, I feel like I'm more patient now than I've ever been, more forgiving than I've ever been. That looked like a team that was ill-prepared to play um, across the board. I, I do wonder... 
I speculated this yesterday. I want you guys' opinion about this. I, I, I just said out loud, I said, I have no inside information. We're not allowed to go to practice. Nobody reached out to me and said, hey, off the record, let me tell you something that happened. But just viewing the game, and Corey, you were there in person, and sometimes you can see things in person you certainly can't see on TV. So maybe you got a different vibe. I don't know. I, I, I don't. It didn't look like they were prepared to play. It didn't look like they really wanted to play. Body language was bad, even from the beginning. I know they score on that opening drive, but they looked discombobulated in that drive. It was, if it wasn't for Jordan Travis doing crazy stuff, they wouldn't have scored on that drive either. I just, they didn't look like they wanted to be there like a week of practice. Either a bad week of practice, a fight in the locker room, a coach, something happened. It just looked like they were completely disjointed. Did you see that? Well, I, I mean, I saw the the end result you on the saw field. The result, that, but did you see the body language? Like, I I don't. Well, one thing I would say besides even body language, there were a few cases even early in that game where guys were lining up wrong, like offensively, which we haven't really seen that yes. all year. Yeah, Cam McDonald lined up. Yeah, wrong. yeah, he came to the wrong side of the formation. They had to send him back the other way. Yeah, um, there were a couple times Jordan Travis had to get guys uh, lined up in different places. That was weird. Now, so, do we know for sure that that's? Lining up incorrectly, are the coaches looking, deciding to switch the formation? This no, was, was this. They were lined up incorrectly early on. It was okay. Sure, All right. Because sure. they do a lot of that stuff too. We're like, oh, move over here. Now, no, move back over here. Now, uh, so I, I didn't know if so. I mean, I saw that all the time. It wouldn't stop, but I didn't know if that was just them trying to confuse the defense or actually their guys not knowing what Those weren't your standard motion, trying to get isolation okay. things. That's not what that was. There, there, no, there, there wasn't a lot of juice. To answer your question, there didn't seem to be a lot of juice on the sidelines. Um, it was, I mean, look, they, they got pumped up when they heard swag surfing before the game, right at the opening kickoff, and knuck if you puck. Maybe that was a touchdown. Maybe it was like a Pavlov's dog thing. I heard think it oh, might have no. been. Good point. Everybody just reverted. There's like yeah. clockwork orange. No. Or <laughs> Seminole headlines on 9790 continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Yeah, so continuing that conversation, I, I, I just didn't feel like there was a lot of juice. And the reason I bring that up is you're coming off a win, yeah. a shocking win against the number five team in the country in prime time. And not just a win. You know, there's confirmation there. But in addition, the way they celebrated was unified, was together. I mean, when when Norvell's breaking the rock, they're going nuts. They couldn't be excited. That was a genuine celebration. Um, there was real unity in that. So I figured, okay, they're not a good team, and not all success is linear. I understand that. But I figured at the very least you're going to get an intense and focused effort. I, I didn't see any of that. From the beginning, everything looked convoluted. Everything looked disjointed. Everything looked almost unemotional. There doesn't seem to be any carryover from that win. Meanwhile, Louisville has lost four straight. The only team they beat is Western Kentucky. They just scored seven points against Notre Dame, and I grant you they held them to 12, but that was an ugly game. They could have played 10 quarters, and Louisville wasn't going to score again. I there was well, no momentum for Louisville. Except, and you thought the two teams had opposite results the week before. It didn't make any sense. Yeah, man. If, if you're not going to defend their plays, they're going to get some confidence. I mean, you know, they got wide open touchdown, yeah. broken play, wide open touch. I mean, you know, there's it, so it's not like Louisville persevered. Florida State just kind of kept giving them touchdowns. Sure. So they got confident. And on the other side of the ball, man, I think it just, 
I know it's simplified. It's overly simplistic. I think it all goes back to Jordan Travis. This team, this season turned when he came in and became Superman. And he went into that game, banged up, was not running the way he had already. Then when he got re-injured in that game, man, they they just they're done. They don't they don't, especially without Tamari and Terry too. I think he's the juice. I think all those guys follow what he's been doing these last three weeks. And if he didn't have it, and he didn't really have it other than a couple of plays in that first drive no. the whole time because he was banged up. So I'm yeah, not saying changes, that's a solution. That, that changes everything. Yeah, and like, I'm sorry, Corey, real quick. Teams are uh, – we, we warned about this going into the game. Teams are now just going to try to take that away. I mean, it's easier said than done. But I'm going to make him a thrower because he doesn't throw the ball well, period. But if he, but if he had been – as healthy as he was the first two games, there were plays to be made with his feet. Yeah, and it, it, it honestly doesn't matter if he throws the ball well. He can throw it well enough if he's a dynamic runner. When he's not a dynamic runner, again, it's like Tebow. If Tebow, Remember the time where Tebow was playing with like a collapsed lung or something in 09, and they scored 13 points? Like if he couldn't run, it changed the complexion of everything. And that's the, that's Jordan Travis wasn't going to keep the ball on the zone read much. And when he did, he wasn't the same guy. Usually it's like having two Ladanian webs back there. You had one. And so they could key on him. Now you still ran for 260 yards or whatever it was. You still got some, but yeah, when you're putting third and eight, that, that it ain't going to just like it wouldn't work with Tebow, just like it wasn't great with Lamar Jackson. When you, dynamic runners and you put them on passing downs, yeah, it's not going to be easy for them. But the, the, him being banged up was the key, but it, it wouldn't have mattered. They had to score 51 points to win that game. They weren't going to do that, not without Tamari and Terry. They just uh, weren't. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying they were going to win the game, especially once they got behind and the defense playing that poorly. I'm just saying if if you look at how the teams look from one week to the next, yeah, I think it all goes to that. I mean, yeah. he's, he is – and he's not an emotional guy or anything like that, but you know, it's like, man, if you, you know, if you play pickup or whatever, and you got the badass on the court, you, you, you feel differently. And I think it's for a team that's lost a lot of football games, they can't withstand that. You'd like, you'd like everybody else to raise their level, but that's not where this. And how about is. that? You don't have a great thrower of the football. Uh, he's not unbelievably awful, but right now through four games of his career, he's not a great thrower of the football. You don't have receivers that go help him out at all. They just are not going to win. Well, they don't even. But that's they what they I mean. don't even catch the ball, much less they drop every 50-50 ball. I, yeah. That had to be a, a, a school record for pass breakups. I mean, go catch a ball one time in traffic. Yeah, one see, time. That to me, and that to me isn't reliant on Jordan Travis being healthy or the inspiration. Catch the ball. That started right from the get-go. Right from the get-go, they dropped balls. That's just – I'm talking about there was no focus in the game. Yeah. They didn't look ready to play at any level. And I don't care if Jordan's arm was dislocated. I mean, listen, I, I know it matters. They probably wouldn't have won the game. You can catch a pass that hits you in the chest. Yeah. Regardless if his arm's hurting or not. I mean, that everything that they did showed me a lack of focus, which means I feel like the preparation during the week, and I actually feel like – Norvell kind of his body language too suggested that he was worried about how they were going to play. He didn't even get all that animated. He kind of realized like this was coming. It was really strange to me. He looked defeated early in that game. What I heard from practice that week wasn't that it was bad. What I heard was it was still sloppy. Like the revelation from some people was, you know, you have a big win like that North Carolina game and you play that well, you feel like 
man, we've we've turned a corner. We're a different team. Then they went out and practiced and realized man, it's still the same football team. You know, still making a lot of the same mistakes. Still, you know, so so. But I didn't hear that it was flat all week, or I didn't, you know. I just, but, but, but I do think there's part of it. I mean, I think part of it is dealing with success. Now, if anything happened on the trip or anything like that, I'm yeah, we don't know. know, right? Yeah, but, but it I, was, uh, yeah. it, it's hard to imagine that they could look that bad coming off the, the. Just given the way the two teams have played this year, given what Florida State was coming off, I, I, I didn't expect this team to suddenly be good. I don't want to give the wrong impression. Uh, I wasn't trying to suggest that they were going to win out, save for the Clemson game. But it's there's no you know there's nothing wrong with going out and playing well, playing decently. Yeah. It's up. not. But it's not when you really step back and think about it. It's not that surprising, is it? It's a team that whatever it is, eighteen and nineteen and twenty five in its last whatever amount of games, they played well three games in a row. I thought successively. Jacksonville State. It is what it is. Notre Dame. They competed. North Carolina. They won. I don't think it's a stunner to think that this roster with these players feeling pretty good about themselves, feeling themselves Saturday night on Twitter after beating North Carolina would then take a step back. I don't think that's, I don't think that's completely against the narrative of what these players have been for the last two or three years. It's not completely against the narrative. You're right. 48 to 16. No, that is, that that is 48 to 16 by to Louisville. And it, 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 I mean, I, you know, I just, it all, it all starts with the third play of the game. Like Jordan Travis dribbles the ball to himself to score a touchdown. You get Louisville in third and eight. Third and eight, you win the first two downs. Feeling good about yourself. Get a three and out. Uh, those happen. And then you get the ball right back, and you might be up 10 or 14 to nothing. They, and they you, give up a 60, you give up a 65-yard pass on third and eight with the middle of the field. is open. I promise you Buford High would have been bracketing 2-2 Atwell. They would have had some guy aspire something like, hey, let's not let him get the ball so easily. Let's no. make it harder for the quarterback. And so let's you just gave up. him a pitch and catch for let's 65 yards. up on all those pitches and catches and what the head coach had to say afterwards, which c- certainly wasn't even a veiled shot. I think it was a direct shot at his defensive coordinator, which I find interesting. Seminole Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9. ESPN Radio. So on that note, Ira, you wrote about it. We all heard it. It's really quick. It's in passing. But Norvell, he's kind of stuttering his way around, you know, some of the plays we had good calls into what they were running. We just got to make plays. I'm paraphrasing now. But he also said we weren't always sometimes we could add better calls into those plays. That's a shot at defensive coordinator. And even said some pretty good calls. Yeah, some pretty good calls. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Some, and there's some other times where we have to get those guys in better situations. Well, and um, that's, a lot of times we can circle that when you have your third or fourth best corner guarding one of the best receivers in the conference. That's a problem. And that's the thing. Like we talked about it on your show yesterday. Like I get that they had some issues defensively. They had some limitations. Miko Dotson didn't play. Jarian Jones was apparently limited. So Renardo you know, Green. Renardo Green. So you you were kind of limited in the secondary. But if you are going to have, if you're not going to have Asante Samuel just follow Tutu Atwell around, which is one option, if you're not going to do that, then when somebody else has him, as Corey said, somebody has to be helping him out. You can't have the only safety, Raymond Woody, playing 40 yards downfield and the linebackers all coming up blitzing. Raymond Woody had a tough day at the office, too. Man. What a pass breakup, though. <laughs> he, had a, he had a big one in the third quarter. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough day at the office. Um, I, I, I'm sure because of uh, the way that TV films games, 
uh, it, it, it only added to his woes, but every time a big play happened, there would be old Raymond Woody just jogging 20 yards behind the play, not anywhere close. If he was close, he wasn't making a play on the ball, still wagging the finger for no reason. A lot of our guys do that. It's not just him. I mean, hell, Marvin Wilson made a tackle this year down by 30 and celebrated a two-yard gain for the other team. I don't get it. None of them seem to understand the score, their situation, the look of that, how silly and 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 profoundly dumb they look when that happens. It's ah, uh. yeah. Well, my biggest problem I wrote about. I, we don't have to talk about it long. My biggest problem with the Woody play was. He didn't make a play. He didn't make a play at all. Like Jarian Jones in the Miami game deflecting that pass when they're down by 45 points. At least he made a play. Like he that was a good play. play. Yeah. Yeah. He still did the finger wag on it, you know, after that, but he did a play. He made a play, but uh but Raymond Woody just sitting there letting a guy almost steal an interception from uh, steal an interception for a touchdown from him. I mean, look, man, you, if he catches that ball like any good college safety would and returns it to midfield, you're only down by 17. In the third quarter, you still got a chance. Instead, he lets the guy almost rip it from him for a touchdown. He falls to a knee, makes the most unathletic play you can make for a safety, does a finger wag like he did anything, and four plays later they score and the game is over. And they only had the ball because he had just gotten a pass interference call on him, I think, or he had just gotten a penalty. So that's what, like, what, what would even make you do that? It's not so much, I don't, I'm not the, I don't care if they celebrate when they make a play. No, if no, Chuppa no. would have thrown a touchdown, I mean, I wouldn't want him high stepping to the sideline, but he could throw his arms in the air. He threw a touchdown, even though they're down by 32. But that moment, not making a play, not having the wherewithal to realize, man, I just let my team down. I just let my team down by not making that play. But instead of like pounding the turf in frustration because there was a play to be made, he celebrates as if he did make a play, pretended to make a play, and that's what bothered me the most. Yeah, the, and the, the thing on the that third down play, like I kind of feel like Adam Fuller's a little bit damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Earlier this season, when they didn't blitz on passing downs and didn't get pressure with the front four and quarterbacks had all day, average quarterbacks, everybody's like, why would you leave bad quarterbacks to get that much time? You know, even Jeff Sims and Derek, whoever, they're going to complete passes if you don't pressure them. So here he brings pressure. But again, the problem is your safety is playing 40 yards back like he's going to have all day to throw. That's not sound. I don't know if it's a bust on maybe not both linebackers are supposed to go. Maybe the safety's not supposed to play that deep. Whatever it is. The one thing, when I look at this defense, and I don't know if this is what the problem is. Like you said, we're not out there at practice. But they have gone with a lot of different looks. They've played nickel. They've played 4-3. They've played 3-4. I've seen them with two down linemen and two lineback- outside linebackers. I've seen them, you know, they've zoned blitz. They've, there's, they've tried they played, a lot of – They've played Amari Gainer like 78 snaps in a game and then and nine then 11, snaps in yeah. a game. Yeah. So, so there's all these things going on, and it's like – if I mean the simple oversimplified dudes who are just watching on TV or whatever, maybe you're doing too much. Like maybe figure out something that works. I don't know. Maybe maybe you can't do that in 2020. But uh, it certainly seems like they're trying a lot of different things, and nobody seems to know what they're doing. I would drop eleven. Mickey <laughs> drop it. eleven and Remember see. When, if it- uh, Mickey had the Prowler. I think it was one rushing. Yeah, yeah, I love the Prowler, baby. Yeah. Yeah, but they would still bring guys. And they were just all yeah. standing up. You just never knew where they were coming from. Yeah, they were they were all over. Where <laughs> Corey Harris was crapping himself. Yeah. But uh but yeah, man, just drop eleven ten yards downfield. Just take away all the windows. 
what are the linemen going to do? The linemen are going to get confused. They're going to go downfield. They're probably going to get penalized, and you might have an interception. You probably you have to catch the ball. But back to the point, the head coach called out the defensive coordinator. Yeah. No, yeah, I, mean, I would have never thought before this season started, for a variety of reasons, that anybody's job was on the line for this goofy mulligan season anyway. It is a goofy mulligan season, I agree. But holy moly, man. But like, he's trying – <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, he's trying to do it in record time. Like that, you can't be, you can't get progressively worse. Then you just can't do this. You can't look like that because again, I don't think any of us have a problem. We understand college football in twenty twenty. Teams are going to score points. There are playmakers everywhere, and you don't have a good defense. But by God, you know, they didn't even have to do anything. They didn't do anything fancy. They didn't come out and hey, ran across the middle of the field in a track meet. It was just like, <laughs> I'm going to run my guy across here and nobody's going to follow him. You know that guy that you should have probably been game planning for the whole week? Yeah. I'm just going to run him straight down the field, see if you can catch him. See, see if, if you can, can do anything with him. Good luck. But with that. like, you don't see Florida State. I brought this up on the Wake Up War Chat. Like, you don't see Florida State having guys run wide, like wide open ever. Ever. The only play I could think of where they just had a wide open dude in the middle of the field was the pop pass they threw to Preston Daniel against North Carolina. Remember when Travis is running? Yeah, yeah. Well, they set that up for two weeks. That's the only way they got it. Louisville just drops back or does a simple rollout. It's not like they did some double reverse flip back to the quarterback to get a guy wide open. They just do ABC rudimentary plays, and you have guys running free everywhere. And Florida State doesn't ever have just Pokey Wilson running scot-free with nobody in the picture. Hey, and if they did, nobody would catch it. And yeah, well, that's true. It hit off his helmet. He'd drop it straight up in the air. It would be up there for days. <laughs> Somebody would pick it off because that's, that's how this thing plays Pele out. kick it back towards the line of scrimmage. That's the craziest thing about that. You know, it, that, that, that play where he gets picked off because of that pokey taking off the – I mean – they're, they could get right back in that game. Yes. There was yes. like two or three times in that game where they could have been right back in it and just refused to do it. Yeah, the Keyshawn drop, the first one, you have to specify. Yeah. But the first Keyshawn drop is probably the play of the game because I think there's a chance the way that angle the a- angle that the safety had taken, there's a chance that's a 50-yard touchdown on second and 25. But Louisville's guy on second and 25, I don't know if you remember, he did not drop the pass. He actually pulled it in. And then kind of ran in for a touchdown. Mm. Florida State's guy batted it down like Karch Karai. It was uncanny the amount of drops. And and I know at the end of the game it doesn't matter, but Helton drops a touchdown it from Chubb. It does matter. Go compete. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I know that it wouldn't really matter in the result. But yeah. it matters in terms of, I mean, adding to the ledger of drops on a day where they had to have set some sort of Florida State record post-1980. Like, there's no way that we've ever dropped more. Florida State's dropped more balls than they dropped in that game. And I know, because Ira told me what the official drop count was, man, we all know they had more than 10 drops. That was ridiculous. I, was whatever, it 10 drops? Like, six. It was officially six. Officially uh, six. I'm saying we know they had more than 10. I don't get they said it was six drops. They must have had 35 drops. Sorry, sons of it's, it's, it's. I've never seen anything worse than that. Balls just flying all over the place like they've never caught a pass in their life. Burt Reed rolling around in his grave. Corey Cerency wondering what is going on here, it's man. Un- this isn't the school I went to. God, my. Uh, it, was, it was the worst received game, if that's a way to phrase it, in the history of Florida State football. Kurt Unglob back in 76, he, call, he hauls in all those... <laughs> 
All those he's, balls, man. He's alive, but he's probably rolling over in his grave. Yeah, I was gonna say Bert Ray's not dead that I'm aware of. He's no, alive. I know, but still, I just even if it was he just all of them. Like what this? It was it was. It, it's just so frustrating that they don't go and compete. They just don't go and compete. Like, yeah, it would have been a great catch for Warren Thompson to make that catch on the sideline. Really nice catch. You're allowed to make it. You can make great catches. It is allowed. You can rip a ball away from a Cam McDonald. You can make that catch in the end zone. But you don't you have wasn't. strong hands. Yeah. But you kind of knew he wasn't. And I like him. He's a good. He's probably he's the been most one reliable. of the highlights. He's yeah. been one of the highlights on offense. This was not I, his best day. Yeah, I, I bet you the off. Florida tight end probably hauls that one in. Yeah, just well, going to go in there and say he's that. The best tight end in the country, Corey. The Miami I, tight end hauls that in. Going to go ahead and say that. Best tight end in the country. That's a little unfair. <laughs> <laughs> you just named the two best tight ends in the country. Just hey, I'm just keeping the sunshine. I'm keeping it real. I'm the Sunshine State. <laughs> it makes it all the more painful that the two that you named are one, two in the country, and they play for our our tribals. Yeah, so, hey. <laughs> Seminole headlines. On 979 ESPN Radio continues in a moment. Seminole Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio. All right, wrapping up the hour. We'll get to headliner questions. There's plenty of them. People are very, very frustrated. I understand. Hopefully, we won't have the same amount of redundancy. I didn't, Corey, despite your best efforts, I did not review the questions today. I mean, I, that's not a stunner. It, Let me tell you what I did do. I hit Seymour for everybody. Getting what? Tired. I'm about getting tired of it. I hit Seymour for everybody's questions to make sure they print it out. And it, over half the questions have a Seymour. Folks, you guys are just taking this way too far. My good graces cannot continue to extend to this level. I'm not going to go through with the mouse and hit Seymour on all these every week. You don't have to write us a novella. Just ask the damn question. <laughs> Well, you know, you know what you should whole, do, I think, is you should get Christy. Does she even know about this show? I try to keep it from her. Okay, I don't even know if she – I think Kim knows. Kim has heard of Seminole Headlines. Mm-hmm. She, she knows it exists. I don't know if Christy even knows it exists. But I think she would recognize like four or five good questions. And you, you should have her – answer five questions? No, but I, you, you should have her go through and say these are the five you have to get to. Because I, I thought about it. I don't really want you reading ahead of time either because it, it kills right. the spontaneity of the right. answers. But somebody that whose intellect we respect, I think Christy fits that bill. Get well, her to read through the questions and say, this is a good one, this is a good one. Have these five. Uh, well, and I'm not even disparaging the, the quality of the questions, just the length. Yeah. I mean, get to your point. Let's get succinct here, folks. Let's go. I mean, come on, self edit. My guess is, my guess is the first, you know, two or three sentences is probably complimenting me on something I wrote or right. praising me for and one of my just, takes. We can just get to the point and cut all that out. Let's go. Well, we- you could just type, literally, listener, you could just type uh, compliment for Ira. That, that could be it. You don't have to get into great detail. Just say compliment for Ira and then get on with your question. Listen, at various points, our kind listeners – have said really nice things about all three of us. And we get it. We are spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> and you feel compelled to do that when you hear a show of this quality. I get it. When I see a great performance on Broadway or go to a concert, I want to reach out and tell that person, that meant a lot to me. Thank you for what you do. Thank you. Remember for those you. days, by the way, getting to go to concerts? Yeah, there was a time. Have yeah. you guys, I, know. I can't wait to tell my grandkids about it. You guys have both been to Broadway shows, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever felt compelled to go back and like in the alley or whatever and like see the actors when they're coming out and not, great not job? Not Broadway, but I did do that uh, way back in college a couple of times when t when bands came to the club. Oh, yeah. Maybe if I had a few too many, I'd wait for them out there by the post office where they'd come out and I'd be like, all right, Kevin Kenny, good show. You know, you name it. So, it, yeah, we had a good time back in the day. One I did not. I, was, I did not. I did never felt compelled. I always I saw Rent and I saw that goofy moving out the the yeah. the dance number, the Billy Joel dance number with no words, but it was modern dance. That was that was the ex-wife lining that one up. I, I, I mean, I like Billy Joel music, but there's a co combination of things wrong with that. By the way, just everything you described from moving out sounds like it would be something I'd I'd run from. The main characters were Brenda and Eddie. So, oh yeah, they had that going they, for you. Are they still going steady? Yeah, yeah. The summer of whatever that was. Uh, then he goes to Vietnam, and it's all just. Then it's really passionate fire dances, like just getting after oh, it. Stop already! This is upsetting. Stop it! Stop. <laughs> and the worst thing is, we had a bit of an obstructed view. <laughs> Couldn't even see it all. Ridiculous. So no, I did not feel like going outside and saying, "Hey guys, I really that, that spin move you did in Act Two was incredible." You, but uh, our listeners do feel compelled, and I appreciate that. But just like these are novels, I mean, I, I hold it, these are novels. It's I think it would be, I think it would be cool though if we ever get back to recording in the studio when we when we leave. If there was just like you know a throng of people outside, we could wave real quick. Like, Corey, go out the back. I've got a car set up. Well, no, at first, at first we would enjoy it. We'd get out, high five, take pictures. <laughs> Selfies with like you're being introduced at a basketball game. Yeah, but then no, I think sure. after a while it just kind of wears on you, and you're like, guys, I don't. I, I'm just gonna. Yeah, that's when I get out the back. Like I can't do this. I, I can't deal with this today. I, I appreciate sad, it. Thanks. You know, it's like when I'm at the J.C. Penney and somebody wants an autograph, I just try to duck off into the side there where the yeah. appliances are. You got to do what you got to do. You guys understand? Um, it's like I realize they recognize me. I want to say, yep, I'm who you think I am. Keep walking. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the best. I, I I can't remember when this was. I, I don't know if I told you guys this or not. One day I was at a store and this lady came up to me and she's like, "You're," and she's kind of got this like, "I know who you are" kind of thing. And she's like, "You're, where do I know you from?" I was like, "Well, you know, I work at the paper. This is when I was at the Democrat. My picture is in the paper all the time." Right. So I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm a sports writer at the, at the Democrat." And she's like, "No, no, that's not it." <laughs> like, just, wow. just, just yeah. like, I, I don't know what it is but i can tell you what it isn't from <laughs> set back in my place pretty quickly she's uh, like no maybe maybe you're the guy that works at chick-fil-a maybe i don't know yeah that's it's hurtful uh well i mean i think we probably discussed our feelings about this game enough i ira you did one final thing as we round out the hour you did listen to the coaches show which Corey and i never do uh Anything, anything at all, any sort of like, hey guys, I'm really sorry about that. If, uh, yeah, that's it's interesting. If yeah, you, did he apologize to us? Well, yeah. see, that's what that's what I was gonna. Watching that, and I got an email from somebody who was kind of articulating this point. Um, if you were watching that, like looking for some sort of catharsis, um, it and wasn't no. it wasn't gonna come. I got the sense that they're very much in the mode of trying to still trying to encourage guys um, because he taught one of the things he talked about was, you know, it's easy coming off a loss or disappointing first half of the season to focus on all the things you're not good at. He's like, we also need to focus on the things when we goes, we need to do that, but we also need to focus on the things we, we, we have strengths. We are strong in 
and focus on accentuating those as well. And we also need to think about things that we thought were going to be strengths that haven't developed into strengths and why not? Like, what can we do to, if that was supposed to be a strength, why haven't we made it a strength? Um, but it was, it was, you it was clear that, yeah, we've got things, but we also have to focus on things that we're good at. And yeah, as a listener, I don't think people were real fired up to hear that. I want to ask you guys, and I don't, I'm not trying to beat this dead horse cause it's already dead, but if Jeff Cameron or Iris Chaffel was the head coach or the DC at Florida state and they saw Raymond Woody do what he did, would you would you make that a point in Sunday film to point that out to embarrass him, or would you just let it go or say, man, can we not do that? Or would you would it even be a talking point? Would you even care? Do we care too much about that stuff, or do or am I right in the sense that that's still kind of problematic and it's emblematic of what maybe some issues are still with on this roster? Is it that big a point, or am I making too big of a deal out of it? I don't know if I would stop the film and you know call him out in front of everybody, but that used to happen in high school all the time. It happened in college. So you're, I mean, coaches do that all the time. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You look like an ass. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, that happens all the time. Um, but I don't think it matters because they don't. They've been doing it for years across coaching staffs. I mean, it hasn't really mattered for some time. It is. It is emblematic. Of a problem, it's not. But don't. It's not. I think it's not even close to the problem, but it is emblematic of a problem. No, it's not close to the biggest problem. But Corey, I thought you nailed it when you on wake up on Monday. You said that it's it's just false bravado. It's it's yeah. you've been get, you've been getting beat up. You've been getting beat up. You've been getting beat up, and you want to like something that you feel like remotely positive happened, and you want to be like, hey, like I'm not terrible. Look at that. They yeah. didn't complete that pass. So. You know, I, yeah, I don't think, but it's, I don't think it's a um, completely lack of acknowledging the overall situation. I just think it's it's kind of a pretend toughness or pretending. Yeah, it's a pretending to be a player when you're not. Pretending to make a play when you're not. How about actually going and making a play and then talking? And I'm not saying he was talking. Although I would like for them moving forward, if they do make a play, to then scream, I'm not terrible. <laughs> I'm not terrible. Like in the receiver's face, you got the wrong guy, buddy. I'm not terrible. I'm, yeah, I'm a pedestrian. Lot of terrible players out here today, but I'm not the one. I'm pedestrian, my man. I'm pedestrian. <laughs> you, you thought you were going to score every time they threw uh-uh. the ball your way. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Not today. I'm not terrible. I'm not terrible. It sounds like a poor kid who was abused as a child and then succeeded in the classroom for the first time in his life and yelled out, I'm not terrible. I can do this. One time. Yeah, it's awful. Headliner questions forthcoming. Stay with. Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. 